笑着。Welcome back, listeners, to Toy Story Minute. It's a podcast about Toy Story, where we watch each minute and analyze it. My name is John. Wow. Yeah. My name is Jeb. Why are you so surprised that I did a good job <laughs> for once? <laughs> and we have Scott Corelli back with us. Hello. <laughs> Today we are doing a minute of the movie, and we're doing it for realsies. Not none of your messing around, Jeb. What? <laughs> Minute 62 starts with Woody again telling Scud to calm himself, closing that door on him, and ends with Andy's toys on the dolly, just Uh like prominently displayed. These are Andy's toys. Yep. So let's get into it. Buzz and Woody, when you uh, inevitably come back, this is where Andy's toys are. Yes. Well, as of next minute, they won't be. Yeah, no, I'm talking about the box. Like it's a label for them? Yeah. Like, I, this is the box that has Andy's toys in it. I'm pretty sure it's for Andy when he's unpacking, though. I mean, he's not, like, writing a message. I don't know about that. He's not going to put yeah, flares on his lawn for them to land on. That was a joke. I know. Jeb, this is how jokes work. Okay. You are very critical of them and make everyone feel bad. Duh. <laughs> anyway. This minute is so good for Woody's character development. Mm-hmm. He does that great little speech mm-hmm. to all the mutants. Mm-hmm. Gotta love it. I love when he is just like, he's a good toy. He's my friend and the only friend I've got. Like, mm-hmm. it shows, you know, obviously he's kind of lost the connection with Bo and Slinky and all Everybody. of that. Yeah, so now he's realizing the whole idea of when you go through hard times, that's when you find out who your real friends are and mm-hmm. all that. It's neat because you really see the development. I mean, this is, at its heart, a buddy movie. A buddy comedy, I guess. And, and yeah. You really see, like, Woody, especially over the last, you know, couple of weeks, he's really been, like, <laughs> he understands. Oh, yeah. Hold on, hold on. This is a buddy movie. Is Buzz and Woody's like ship couple name Buddy? <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my! I guess. God. I mean, you could make you could make a pretty strong argument for that ship if you base it on just this movie alone. I think. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah, you could. Yeah, even I mean, for as much as we've talked about queering this movie, because <laughs> we have never done that once. No, we've never said anything about. <laughs> Andy's mom and Sports Kid's mom. No, I'm talking about, about directly the Buzz and Woody. Like, yeah, that no, has not come out of our mouths once. But like, kind of, right? I mean, you could. <laughs> oh I, yeah, I, you could. I could see it. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's fanfic out there. Gotta be. Ooh, I haven't gone down that rabbit hole. Especially I just do. like again, just this movie pre Jesse. Yeah, pre Jesse. Right. And even when Jesse's introduced, like they're whole romantic arc doesn't even resolve until the third movie like right and even then jesse's just a female like at least to buzz a female woody yeah i mean her character is developed completely differently and she's the best character in all these movies but you know yeah at least in my opinion in one man's opinion a buddy movie a buddy movie i mean about buddy about buddy (laughs) search that tag on fanfiction.net put your fan put your Art of it on DeviantArt, just like Buzz caressing Woody's face and Stop. being like, you, you're, you've <laughs> you're got a friend. My you're my favorite deputy. You're my favorite deputy, too. <laughs> I've got a secret mission in Charlie's face, and the mission is to find love. Let's go. <laughs> Good lord. So we also have some Morse code in this minute. Yeah. Yeah, which, mm-hmm. it's surprising, like, I went down a rabbit hole finding what the Morse code meant, because since... 
Babyface is doing it on the metal, and mm-hmm. it kind of rings out. It's a little hard to read. Right. And I don't read Morse code, but plenty of people on the internet See, do. I don't understand any of anything yeah. Morse code. I guess this really confirms that Babyface not just doesn't speak, but can't speak. Right. Which I guess makes sense when you're a baby head on a spider. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, right my that body. Yeah. Yes. It basically, what he's saying is, RR come out. Which means, like, the RR means, like... Roger Roger or like message received like he's saying I acknowledge what Woody has said hey everyone come out let's go yeah. yep that makes mm. a lot of sense there mm-hmm. I like it I wonder how, where did all these toys learn Morse code or? I mean they're Sid's toys and Sid you think Sid knows Morse code probably knows Morse code I know Andy I mean there, Morse code that's there's the so many code, yeah. there's so many right. toys involved with these mutants that part of one of them must know Morse code must be some sort of military yeah. kind oh you think of, their knowledge goes into it I mean cause yeah like the combat Carl's yeah they do. yeah that makes a lot I was of also sense. gonna yeah. say I mean Sid is researching like military military yeah, interrogation like, I'm sure he's looked into Morse code a yeah, little bit yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, why not give him the knowledge of Morse code? Just Mr. Potato Head randomly knows about Picasso. Yeah. You know, all these mm-hmm. random weird references that somehow these toys learned. That kind of reaffirms the reincarnation. Yeah, that these are reincarnated. Aspect. Well, I, I we have compared the mutants before to like POWs mm-hmm. or like disabled veterans. They are people who've gone through like a significant amount of trauma. And Jeff, Jeff let the kitty up on you. Sorry, my cat is suddenly, like, really wants to be sitting with us, and it's just like, Jeb, let me on, let me on. The big line to me in this minute, as far as, like, breaking it down minute by minute as this podcast does, as obvious as the format, yeah, is Woody saying we're gonna have to break a few rules. Yeah. Because before, mm-hmm. like, we knew, oh, they don't want to reveal themselves, like, the rule was just don't reveal that you're alive. But now it's the kind of thing where it's like, if he says we're going to break a few rules, then someone had to codify those rules. Yeah. And there has to be mm-hmm. more than one rule. So, like, mm-hmm. what else? Is it, like, the laws of robotics? Do they not? Are they not allowed to hurt a person? Or are they not allowed to let a person come to harm? If you're drowning and you have one of those giant stuffed animals that you want at the fair... Can it rescue from the water? I think it's a bunch. I mean, I think it generally comes down to like this sort of umbrella rule of don't let humans see you being alive. Yeah. But I think there's a lot of smaller rules that all feed into that. Like, you know, don't move your eyes when they're looking at you. Don't speak. Don't walk around around them. Don't, you know, all of these things. And it really all comes down to that umbrella rule. Yeah. Like rule number one. Don't move your eyes. Rule number yeah. two, don't move your mouth. <laughs> it just right. goes on. Yeah. yeah. We have kind of skirted around this, too. I don't know if we've ever actually directly addressed this. Like, why? Why don't the toys... What's with the whole facade? Like, my established this on that is... You kind of see this with Sid. Once you break the rules... It freaks them out. Oh, not necessarily freaks them out, but they just won't look at you the same and won't play with you the same and stuff. And if, like, it's been pretty well established that the point of a toy is to be there for the kid and to be played with by the kid, then Mm -hmm. the kid knowing that they're alive would kind of ruin that for them. It seems so strange because if you reveal your life and it's like, okay, now you have a new friend, you can still play with them. All this suffering, I mean, because it's not just Sid, like, 
Toys are going to get thrown away. Toys are going to get broken. Toys are going to get casually ruined because no one cares enough about them because they think they're just objects. Like, who not only thought of, hey, we should all be secret about this, but also was like, you know, told everyone that they needed to be secretive about this. Because I'm sure this can't be the first time that toys are going to plan to reveal themselves to humans. You know, there's just too many humans and too many toys for that to have happened. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I get that. I, the other thing is, I don't understand why now it's justified for toys to reveal themselves because they're going to save Buzz from getting blown up. Uh-huh. But before, when Combat Carl is strapped to an M80, it wasn't justified for him to like freak out and get rid of it, or for another toy to rescue him, or you know, it's it wasn't justified for Woody to start freaking out when he was getting tortured. We've seen, we saw a toy get murdered earlier in this movie, and no one react like, everyone reacted to it, but no one decided, okay, this justifies breaking the rules. If this death is worth throwing the rules to the wind, why this specific one? I think one? it's because these mutant toys have Woody there as the charismatic leader to, like, mm-hmm. lead them, and they're, they've been sick of Sid's, Sid's yeah. Treatment of them for a while, but now they have like a leader, and somebody's like, "This is what we're gonna do. Mm-hmm. We're gonna do it now. This is why we're doing it." Just kind of leading them so that they're psyching them up to go and do this mm-hmm. thing that they'd all been wanting to do for a long time, but we're too afraid to do. Why is it justified? Like, if someone is oppressing slash hurting slash even like killing you, like it was, it's okay for them to reveal the the facade. <laughs> But it's not okay, like, when Lotso is doing it? Or any number of situations that don't happen in the movies, like, when a bunch of toys get, like, mistakenly thrown out, or, you know, are rotting in a a pit forever, and they are also, like, sick of the mistreatment? What about when there's a bunch of factory rejects that, like, go back in the incinerator or whatever? Like, it feels like this has to happen all the time. Are there just a lot of other toy stories going around? Just that we don't Presumably. I was going to say, because this isn't the Toy Story. This is just Toy Story. It's just a Toy Story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So probably. It's really surprising to me, then, that not, like, I imagine, like, half the people walking around on the street are like, I'm the only one who knows that toys are alive. And then they don't tell anybody (laughs) else, because they're like, oh, everyone's going to think I'm crazy. But then, like, lots of people Mm -hmm. actually do think it. Which is why Sid is the one who's going to, like break down this whole barrier he's the one who made quote-unquote first contact he's the one who's like gonna do this because not only has he like does he have this history with toys but he you know he he can make toys and you know he does immediately even if she doesn't take it seriously tell his sister yeah so i feel like we're at the cusp of like sometime after this movie presumably after toy story 3 like i don't know there's gonna be a revolution of the toys where there's like hey by the way Humans, you accidentally created an intelligent species. Oops. I mean, that's not true, because Sid works at the garbage dump in the third one. Like, he's not a rebel. He's not doing anything. Well, not yet, but he's only in his, like, early, maybe early 20s at that point. So, like, he could well, be just a... working his way up, because, like, a common fan theory is that, like, he's doing that to keep other toys from getting, like, messed incinerated with. Or, or yeah, incinerated. Thrown in the dump and ruined he didn't do a very good job because the toys almost got incinerated (laughs) well maybe he doesn't care that much as you said he does show some signs of like not really caring that much about things but he's kind of working his way up like he's got some grand man of i mean like he's kind of is like a you know a monstrous person because he's got this manifesto in the back of his head like i'm gonna change the world but like 
In his case, he happens to be right about everything. Mm. You know, it's like Raskolnikov in Crime and Punishment, who's like, ooh, if I just do this thing where I kill somebody and use the money for some vague plan, then I can revolutionize the world. But the difference is... In this advanced Russian literature that I'm referencing in this podcast about a G-rated movie from 1995, (laughs) that, you know, in this case, Sid is absolutely correct, and he has this whole, you know, this revolutionary knowledge. Someone's got to write a book in the Toy Story universe where they're like, guys, I think toys are alive. And that person is going to get laughed at by a lot of people. But then they're going to be the most important person in the world. And why not that person be Sid just like eventually once he's, you know, I don't know, moved out of his place and gotten a good job as a garbage man and all this kind of stuff. Like, why You'd have not to him? collect a lot of evidence. Um, yeah. Which I think would be exceedingly difficult. But I feel like once you know, it'd be a lot easier. But that's that's assuming that he still thinks that they are. I think he went and saw a psychiatrist and they were like, um, no. Hmm. Here's the thing. You are suffering from an issue and uh, we're going to deal with it. that didn't actually happen. Right, <laughs> and then, exactly. And then once Sid leaves, the psychiatrist reveals that they're like 30 toys in a trench coat. It's <laughs> like good. We that was close. <laughs> there you go. You just solved the problem. <laughs> it's a conspiracy, man. The toys are the Illuminati, obviously. Yeah. Illuminati yeah. toys. Nice. Boom. Nice. Got it. One. <laughs> These toys breaking our minds. These toys. Toys ain't loyal. <laughs> These toys. Are... These toys ain't loyal. There's not a lot of loyalty going around. No. Mm. It feels like there's just we're just on the cusp. Of this huge revolution. And I want to be there when it happens. I want to... Maybe, maybe that's what Toy Story 4 is going to be about. I really hope so. A la revolution. Yeah. Mm. Bo Peep gets radicalized. Yep. <laughs> maybe it's the only way to save Bo Peep is oh, to yeah, just reveal cool. themselves to the humans. Yeah, they have to be like, well, we couldn't find her, but we've already broken this rule once before. Like, why not? Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, Bonnie's there like, yeah, guys, what's so wrong with that? Because she's just like an imaginative kid. So she's like, hey guys, yeah, why was it such a surprise that toys are alive? Whatever, who cares? <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, I knew that. Like, they never showed me, but like, I knew. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of kids imagine their toys as being alive, partially thanks to this movie, but. <laughs> yeah. As intense as this minute is, I don't, I don't know, I don't have a whole lot, lot more to say dissection. about it. Yeah, especially mm-hmm. since we're not going on a 20 minute rant about like dog rights and all that. Well, I just wanna, I, I do wanna say that the mutant toys, the fact that none of them can speak is really horrifying yeah like what happened to them because they still have functioning heads and everything like because they're not they're like not whole people like it's just like i know that i know that sid doesn't know that they're alive i know but Mm -hmm. there are people who are what skits is it i don't know if it's schizophrenics or what exactly the 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 mental issue is there but um there are people who they don't understand that people are alive And cut them up into pieces and are like, oh, look what I did. And everyone's like, oh, Jesus, God, why? (laughs) So that's basically what he's doing. And so, yeah, maybe he has, you know, toy schizophrenia or whatever, but it's maybe it's not his fault, but it's still horrifying what he did. Yeah, he's a a sociopath, but only in regards to toys and maybe his little sister. (laughs) Yeah. And maybe others, we don't know. Doesn't he bully some kid on his way to Pizza Planet or something? No, the only interactions we see are with seemingly inanimate objects, 
with his dog or with his sister or with his mom a little bit. But... And then hearing that he got kicked out of summer oh, camp. Oh, summer early. camp. But that could have just been for messing. I mean, he probably was he messing with it, explosives or something. That could have been right. doing... That could have been anything. He, he might not have been bullying. Why someone, do I yeah. remember a scene of him walking down, them seeing him walk down the street and him doing something mean to someone? Well, but they he, see when he's he it in. Carl. I think what you might be thinking of is when they're in Pizza Planet and he's like jumping on top of the game and he's like the wacka alien. Yeah, yeah. it's oh. like you got a brain in there, bozo. Yeah, and he's oh. like, which to be fair, in the original draft was a guy in a costume, just oh. isn't in the actual movie. Oh. Yeah, but, like, it still stands that it's not, like, in the movie, he doesn't interact with a lot of... There's yeah. a lot of, like, it's strange how little interaction there is between people in this movie. Yeah. Which, I mean, True. makes sense, because they're mostly boys. Yeah, but, but still. Still have the strongest friendship in this movie, which is between the Pizza Planet driver and the guest <laughs> dude. Yo, guest dude. Uh, so, while we have a second, Scott, do you have any, like, memories or specific, like, did you have any of the toys or anything like that to these movies? Do you remember seeing oh, yeah. them in theaters or anything like that? Like, what's your... I had a Woody and a Buzz, because I was 10 when this came out. Perfect um, age, yeah. Yep. I saw this in theaters, I think twice, and I had the Buzz and the Woody, but I... If I'm not mistaken, I don't think they came out right when the movie did. I think they came out later, like, maybe for Christmas or something. Um, when did this come out? What what this, this came month? out November twenty November twenty second. Yes, because yeah. it's the day after my birthday. Yeah. Okay. And the only thing I know about which toys were and were not available is I know that Slinky Dog was re released like in this new design and mm-hmm. sold out by Christmas. Yeah, I had RC car too. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I I had some I had some of the toys and everything. I I loved this movie. I had the um the PC storybook yes. game yes oh, yes i i think i had that game actually i yeah. just i know by heart like two little sections of it because they were advertised on the vhs before like the movie <laughs> played yeah i remember thinking because i think i got the game maybe even before i saw the movie so i think i hmm. thought that the shark guy shark, was a yeah. Yeah, Mr. Shark was a bigger part of the movie than he ended up being because <laughs> he has one line, yeah. Yeah, cuz he was he was really memorable in it because you know, it was like kind of a point and click thing, like a point and click mm-hmm. pop-up book essentially. And you would when you clicked on his toy box in the early scene when when Woody's in control, you would click on the toy box and he would pop out and say, "I'm a cowboy." Howdy, 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 howdy. <laughs> and then go back inside. And then later when Buzz takes over the room, you'd click on the toy box and he would come out with like the globe on his head, like the the Buzz Lightyear like ball on his head. <laughs> oh, so so he would be talking through that and he'd be like, "I'm a space ranger. Greetings, 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 greetings." <laughs> And then go back inside the toy box. I always remembered those. That's pretty funny. (laughs) Yeah. I love that it's just greetings is the way it's Greetings, greetings, greetings. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I come in peace, I come in peace, I come in peace. peace. It's the space ranger equivalent of uh, howdy, 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 howdy. I think we've already talked about this, but I had the... The Super NES game? The... um, Yeah. The Toy Story 2 for the Nintendo 64. Oh, yeah, yep. yeah, 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 yeah. I had that I had, I had Toy Story for the Nintendo 64. Mm. Um, I don't know that I got Toy Story 2, because uh, that was way later. Um, yeah. But I did, I definitely did have Toy Story, and it was infuriatingly hard. The especially was hard also. <laughs> especially the scenes when you were driving the, you were Woody on the RC car, it was really difficult yeah i remember i think i had cousins who had it so like i played it some but didn't like ever own it 
But I just, I very specifically remember, like, a couple things that were also advertised on the VHS before the movie. And I was like, oh, man, I wish I wasn't a Genesis kid because mm-hmm. I could be playing this. On, or maybe it was also on Genesis. Who knows? But, you know, like, Woody, I remember there was a thing where you're Woody and you have control of Buzz doing the karate chop action. and uh-huh. All sorts of good stuff. Being on, I mean, something we're going to see later this week, being on Roller Bob and going through the house. Oh. I also, looking back on it now, I realize how how clever the designers of the game were because they basically made a 2D platformer. But it's a 3D game because it's on the N64, but they would make you run over to a shelf and then you would just do a 2D platforming on the shelf. Oh, yeah, you jump onto the shelf, yeah. You jump onto the shelf and then you'd go through like puzzles and stuff on the shelves to get to your ultimate goal. And I was, and playing it as like an older person, I was like, I see what you guys are doing. Very clever. Very clever way to get out of actually designing a 3D game. <laughs> right. I feel like a lot of the... Like, there's a, an idea that a lot of licensed games are bad, because a lot of them are bad, but, yeah. like, a lot of those, uh, like, early Disney ones of, like, the... Kind of, like, the... Pretty much, it's the whole 90s. There were a lot of really good ones, like the Aladdin one, where you oh, yeah. inexplicably yeah. throw apples at everything. Yeah. And Lion King. Lion oh, King yeah. was really good. Lion King had like I remember it was like the the I can't wait to be a king level was ridiculously difficult. Uh huh. I could never get past it. Good games though, but yeah, I I, I loved I loved uh, the first Toy Story. I watched it all the time, and then later when I found out that Joss Whedon wrote part of it, I remember mm-hmm. uh, really being into that and that whole mythology of him being a script doctor. Like that's how I yeah found out about it was because of uh, him writing those like two or three lines in Toy Story and then that one line that ended up in X-Men. Well, um, he, he did actually quite a bit on this movie. Like he got co-writer's credit. Like he introduced the character of Rex. Rex would not exist without Joss Whedon. And he did oh. the, there's some really obvious, like uh, last week with the, your helmet does that whoosh thing is very Buffy. Yeah. Kind of dialogue. Yeah. So, and, and the, you are a sad, strange little man and you have my pity. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's very Joss sounding. Joss-ish. Um, Joss, Joss-ish. Joss-esque. <laughs> Joss-esque. Yes. Yeah. It's Jossly. It's, it's very Jossly of them. It's Whedonist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whedonist? <laughs> that sounds like someone who's like racist against Whedons. <laughs> Joss Sweetonist. Okay, well, now you're just making up words, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have anything else to say about this minute. Uh, so, I had material a while ago. Uh, yep, well, that's <laughs> how it works. Anyway, <laughs> so until next time, listeners, you've got a friend in me. I beat Jeff to the punch. Boom. You're you my favorite, that friend is. All of them. All of them. You've got a friend in me. <laughs>